again, when, when you are tuned into gratitude and we take our eyes off of me, me, me into it's us, and you can notice those little things that move and change um, and grow and notice growth. And we take those in and reflect them back to other people and say, hey, this meant something to me. Cause again, that's about me. Thank you. And that's, that makes a huge difference. podcast designed to help you change your mindset and your life. It is time for something new. Join host Dr. Shante Cofield, also known as the Movement Maestro, on a journey to see the bigger picture. Open your eyes. Find your passion and discover how movement unites us all. Let's get it popping. This is Maestro on the Mic. I'm the Maestro and you're about to get maestro Three, two, one. Hey guys, Maestro here, and thank you for joining me for yet another episode of Maestro on the Mic. Today I have with me a repeat customer guest, whatever you guys want to call it. Um, I don't have that many of them, so I do these for people that are really special, and they, they come with really big, really good messaging. Um, and I wanted to, do, I actually scheduled her, and then I was like, you know what? We're going to hold off, because I want to use you at a strategic time, and that strategic time has arrived. Uh, she was on for episode 152. So I'll link that in the show notes. She is a psychophysiologist. Um, I'll let her explain that again. She lives in Germany. She has her own company, White Lion Performance. She's doing all the things. And I brought her on today to talk about, perhaps we'll call this the psychophysi- psychophysiology. It's hard for me to say it. The psychophysiology of moving forward. Without further ado, welcome to the show, my very, very good German friend, Julia Ayer. Julia, welcome to the show, homie. Hello, homie. My favorite LA person. How are you? (laughs) (laughs) Living the LA dream right now. The beaches are open. It's sunny. I get to talk to my homie from across the pond. Like, honestly, life is good. And that's largely why I brought you on, because you know how to help others make their lives good and their things good. And like you talk science about it and you don't just like yell at people and shame them kind of like I do. So (laughs) thank you for joining us. Um, Well, I think we get along because we can make complicated concepts that affect people very relevant and understandable. And we're both very petty. So that is exquisite. Love that. (laughs) Hugely, hugely petty. Please, someone ask me to pick my brain. Please. (laughs) She will literally jump through the DMs and fight you. Literally. (laughs) Call the police. Put you on blast. (laughs) It's going to be a whole thing. So so why don't we hop on in? Um, Again, you guys, I've linked her first episode, which was fire. But why don't you tell the people just what uh, psychophysiology is, like kind of what it is you do, and then we'll hop right on into the, the meat and potatoes, if you will, of the episode. Yeah, so I'm a psychophysiologist, which means I studied sports science, psychology from a clinical and cognitive perspective, and also neuroscience. So I sit at the crossroads of the brain-body connection and how we can optimize those two things to work together for performance, whether that's in sports, in life, in health. Uh, And I think all three of those things we're we're up against right now, performing in sport, in life, in health, in business. Um, Yeah, survival. That's what the brain and body comes down to. That's psychophysiology for you. I already love that you put that spin on it or that explanation on it in terms of performance. Like I just, you know, from a marketing perspective, like nobody wants, uh, what's the word? Nobody wants um, prophylaxis, if you will. They're like prevention. Nobody wants that. Like, well, let's talk about performance. And when we're thinking performance, it's not like, oh my God, scoring a million goals or like, you know, anything that's like flashy like that, but just like simply performing in life and like being able to get through your day and, and thriving and not just like barely existing. And that's what we're seeing a lot of and trying to move forward towards right now, which is why I brought her on. So actually, what is it like in Germany right now? What's going on? Um, you know, just chilling um, <laughs> at home <laughs> in the house board and whatever the TikTok kids are doing <laughs> these days. Um, no, I am. We shut down really fast. Literally, I was in Brussels on a weekend, and by Tuesday I was back, and by Thursday we were stuck in the house. Um, and they closed everything down very quickly. Um, we're very actionable here. And yeah, our I don't even remember what it's called, but our 
people stuck to it. I mean, the citizens were like, hey, we'll invest in this for six weeks and we trust you to get us out mm-hmm. by the end of six weeks, like you said. And they did. I mean, things are open. The gyms open back up here in southern Germany on Monday. That. They're already up. Can you tell more about that? What? The uh, the gyms? The gym, Things are open. Like, things are not open here. They're kind of are. It's like very, like, I don't know what the fuck's happening. What? How's that opening? Yeah, the requirement is um, everybody's going to wear a mask and wash their hands. Stay two meters apart, so about <laughs> six feet. And actually people fight other people who refuse to wear a mask and I've only seen that happen once and I go out quite a bit. So, I mean, it's going fairly well so far as far as the numbers are concerned. It's only been two weeks now. Mm -hmm. I'm Mm -hmm. waiting expectantly to see the next two weeks and hope we don't see another spike. But, you know, in Germany, what I appreciate and why I'm here to do my work from here as my home base is we're very dedicated to the science aspect and like getting ahead on that and listening to the numbers and then applying them to real life, <laughs> also being realistic about right. it. And I really appreciated the way, obviously this is not a pro Germany speech or anything like that, but I appreciated that our politicians basically <laughs> yeah. said, they do what I do. They they took all these numbers that I don't understand, obviously, and said, hey, here's the sitch. Uh, this is what we expect from you guys. Mm-hmm. Here's what we expect time-wise. Need you guys to comply. If you comply, here's what it's going to look like. If you don't comply, here's what it's going to look like. Please make the right choice. And so far, so good. I mean, I hope that we don't have another spike. It wouldn't surprise me. Corona is a... Miss Rona is going to be around for yeah. a while. Exactly. But, um, Ain't going anywhere. Doing the best we can. Everybody's doing the best they can with what they have. So... This isn't... This is... One of my favorite parts about living in this digital age is that I get to do things like this. Like, yeah, I have a podcast on... We're doing a podcast right now. But, like, I get to hear... Oops. What is someone's experiences... That lives a bajillion miles away. I don't know, you know how many miles exactly it is, but uh, she's living nine hours in the future, and in a you know very different climate, things like that. And I get to hear, and we all get to hear and share like what's going on there. It's not about going through the media and like trying to decipher what's true and false. Like you can just talk to someone there and be like, "What are you seeing? How is your experience there?" So this is this is quite remarkable. Actually, I, I remember when things first got locked down, watching your stories, and it was like Julia is very like. Uh, rational, as you can see, very calculating with things. And it was amazing to see, <laughs> like, it was very amazing to see what you bought for quarantine. And she actually did like a story about it of like, hey, this is like all you guys need. Like, you don't need to buy like 17,000 rolls of toilet paper. And like, here's some food. And here's why, I, you know, like, I eat this kind of food, but I change it a little bit because this will last longer. And like, it was just remarkable. Uh, again this is like reason number 18 gazillion why i brought her on because her approach to things is just so calculated but also very realistic uh and very rational and that's what i what i I hope you guys listening to this take from this episode so that we can start moving forward so that in mind julia i'm gonna ask you to i guess say exactly what you said before we hopped on here in terms of uh you know how do we how do we move forward what's going on what do we do so I'll let you pick because you don't get asked questions very much on this podcast since, you know, you like to be in control of things. So do you want to start talking about the past, the present, or the future? Should we go back to forward or forward to back or start in the middle? Oh, I think since everyone's looking backwards, let's start there. <laughs> Y'all motherfuckers already looking back there, so. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Get your eyes up from over your shoulders. I'm back there. <laughs> exactly. So rear view people. Um, I think one of the greatest things that I've taken away from looking at this time and working with my athletes, again, I work in a, um, strength, as a strength and conditioning coach and athletic trainer, whatever you want to call them and wherever you're from, and also in a psychologist and sports psychologist perspective or job role. Something that we've been addressing at the moment is how do I deal with what I'm losing? And a lot of people, when it comes down to it, is the time. Like, it's not even the experiences. It's not the money. It's not the, yeah, I don't know, just the the concept of not having a March, April, May, June, July, whatever, not having a 2020, Mm -hmm. really. It's just like, it's the time. Like, I know I was the first person to stand up at the beginning of 2020. Like, in this decade, I am traveling my face off. I can't wait to work outside the house and be working with more clubs. That's my goal. You know, my goal this year was the first time as, you know, not being a graduate student anymore and being detached from academia. We 
just need to thank the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit for that really quickly. Um, (laughs) Girl. (laughs) That I was, you know, going to travel and be able to be out of survival mode and do more things, and that's simply not going to be the case. And so, yes, we need to allow ourselves enough space to grieve about those experiences, but notice that, you know, on the one hand, everybody grieves differently. Um, some people will mm-hmm. channel that grief into action. Some people will not want to express that grief um, verbally or emotionally. Some people will want to express that verbally and emotionally. But also, th- while there's no time limit on grief, being stuck in it is a recipe for disaster in a lot of ways. And so grieving appropriately while still moving forward. When we get stuck, when we dwell, when we what's it called, marinate in that grief, so mm-hmm. to say, um, yeah, where you're going, you're, you're stuck and um, you're stuck. And so being able to expect, accept that, you know, we've lost all of these things. And I know people like Brene Brown, Glenn Doyle, all of those cool wor- people with fancy words that are, you know, posting quotes and whatever. Yes, we have to grieve the past and then accept it. Acceptance is a huge thing that we do in sports ecology and neuroscience that, hey, this thing has come, can't change it, literally can no- make absolutely no impact on Miss Rona. The only thing that we can control is ourselves, mm-hmm. our reaction to things, and we are fully and completely responsible for that. So grieve is appropriate and then move on. Um, I heard your pen drop, so I'm assuming you have another question. <laughs> That's big. That's big. I actually just wrote down the word acceptance and moving forward. I think you pointed out two, not just two, a bunch of remarkable things there. The big thing of like losing time. like. This is, again, I'm going to say this all episode. I already know. This is another reason I brought her on. Because um, I feel like, and I feel like, I know, I view things very differently than other people. It allows me to get ahead in things. It allows me to get shit done. Um, it can also be kind of like separating from other people because I'm just like, what are you talking about? Why are you worried about that? It feels cold uh, sometimes. So, do you notice that? Like our personality is yeah. almost like, you know, we. Exactly. I think you're exactly like I am in the sense of you're an overachiever, perfectionist, have a fear of failure, and also the the need to survive in a lot of senses. Like there wasn't really an yes. option you were going to. There was That's no it. option to fail, but it also means you overfunction in times of anxiety. So it's a sense of hey, there is no chance to underperform in this space. How do we move on with this? But also not be complete dickheads to everybody. Exactly. Who doesn't respond in that way, and that's also okay because that's also a, a stress response by. Uh, you know, from your nervous system, from the way you grew up, through your personality, whatever. And that's okay. We just have to figure out how to go on with that. Um, and it's hard to talk to people who are different in that way. Wow, sorry. I just really... <laughs> no, no. I love it. And I think the people listening to this, again, this is reason number one. Like you guys can tally. Maybe let's make it a drinking game. Hopefully you're not driving because where the fuck you got to go. Well, it is 10 so p.m. Hopefully here, you're listening so. to this. <laughs> hopefully they're listening. When you guys listen to this, you're chilling out. And every time I say this is why I brought Julia on, you have a drink of something, maybe water. I don't know. You pick your poison. Then. I'm going to do but, that too. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I brought her on. The way she just dissected that. And it's like, yes, this is. And that's what I love. It's like, why are you doing it? Okay, what can I do about it? Okay, cool. Now we move forward. And, it, you know, stemming from what I was saying before, kind of circling back to that, like this, this understanding that she just, this explanation rather she just gave about grieving the loss of time. And it's so interesting because I would never think about that because I'm like, I always say like, you can, you're either going to pay in time or money and you can always make more money. So to me, like time is obviously the ultimate thing, but I'm also like, well, if we lose it, we lose it. Let me not lose any more of it by fucking dwelling on it. So to hear her, you say that and be like, this is something that is going to cause people to react in this way because they are losing this thing and they have lost this time. They were, you know, they allotted to do this thing and have this ceremony and the other thing like that is huge and then you moved on because that's what you do until you get shit done to that. that acceptance piece like you did so can you explain a little bit we're still on the past i get but can we can you i don't know if you want to provide an actionable step or whatever but how can you speak to this acceptance how do we accept that we've lost that time what does that mean acceptance is hard um yeah Thank you. Like I said, you and I are very similar, so I think we probably know that better than anyone, but we tend to close our eyes, say, you know, we grit our teeth and say, okay, it's done, and put it behind us, and it's simply not that easy in some cases. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
and we have to be mindful that not everybody's nervous system works like that and not everybody's personality is set up like that and that can cause a lot of devastation for people and maybe it does for us as well we'll find out in therapy in 20 years um (laughs) but uh for the most part simply saying it's whatever and throwing it behind us casually and moving on without ever acknowledging it and building it into who we are can be generally speaking damaging i'm saying generally speaking because i'm not a licensed therapist so (laughs) please don't sue me etc um studied psych for way too long also in the clinical space but i'm not licensed for as a psychotherapist so thanks that disclaimer aside acceptance is something where we say okay this happened i have two columns on the left i have things that i can control on the right i have things that i absolutely cannot control on the right is you know the rona (laughs) um the world politics which you can control in november and december in the united states by the way um and right i love that a variety of other things that we have absolutely no power over at the moment and on the left just make your list of i would actually encourage people to do this so if you're listening go ahead and take out your paper sorry i'm interrupting your show shante Um, (laughs) on the left side please just write down the things that you in your life have actual control over right now and not like things you think you have control over like things that in this very moment if i said go do that you could actually make an actionable change on and on the right all the other stuff that bothers you that you really wish you could fix but you absolutely cannot fix because you either don't have the power the time the money whatever um, or you can't do it right now. Again, for example, politics or healthcare or whatever it may mm-hmm. be. And then we literally just have to accept that those things on the right exist. It's easier said than done, but it simply is what it is. And notice that for every single one of those things, even though you accept that they exist and you can't impact them, you still have to take responsibility for the way you respond to them. So yes, Miss wow. Rona is a piece of shit. We all know it. We all aren't happy to be here in this space. Again, I wish that I was in the Bahamas right now would be totally lit. Um, I wish that I was graduating with my graduate degree. I wish that I was, Um, you know, finishing up my research live and in person and being able to hug my athletes goodbye before they transferred to new clubs. But that is not the reality right now. And I accepted that and instead made a change to say, I'm sending all of them videos. I'm doing Zooms with my family. I'm doing Zooms with my athletes and their family, things of that nature. Like what, what can you control in response to those things? Because acceptance isn't just like shoving things into a jar and throwing that jar behind you into the ocean. Yeah. It'd be totally lit if we could all do that. But again, from a psychotherapy perspective, we really can't. Humans aren't built for that. We remember things and we're going to integrate those things into our personalities, into our memories, into the way that we act. And that's also healthy. Like that's a good thing. We need to take experiences and integrate mm-hmm. them into our personalities mm-hmm. it makes us better but again simply by meriting on things dwelling on things um, that doesn't actually make us better accept it take responsibility for the things you can control work on those things take responsibility for your actions and response to the things that you can control cannot control sorry make the best out of them um and do your very best to let it go it takes a lot of breathing meditation prayer whatever your dignity do is i don't know but yes, I, I feel like you just there made acceptance, which when we first say it seems like such a passive thing. Like I have to just accept. This. Oh no, it's very, active. it's like, it's as exactly. It is I'm a like, that's, you've just given us tangible steps. Exactly. It is that's a decision huge. That I think that we kind of single day. Like Shante, if you came to my house and you, um, stole all the food out of my fridge and all the alcohol as well, which is a very big deal to me right now. (laughs) And you never said you're sorry. And you like yeeted back to LA from Mannheim, Germany, which is where I am. And we never talked to each other again. I would have to accept every single day for the rest of my life that you did that to me and be okay with it and take uh, responsibility for the fact that I don't need to exert energy by being angry at you anymore. Just like we don't need to be angry at Miss Rona. We don't need to exert um fear (laughs) towards you i don't need to exert Mm -hmm. energy being 
furious or hating you or sending you death threats or just being petty. I mean, I might be because I am petty, but like, I don't need to, you know, that's my choice. But to take yeah. every single day responsibility for the fact that am I going to give you my time and energy or am I going to do something with that that's actually worthwhile, that's going to move my life forward, that's going to better me? Or am I, I going to chill out in the past and present and just be pissed at you all the time? Because I refuse to accept every single day that you did that. I forgive you. I let it go. And we're all going to move on. Man, there you go. You just put action into that word that has always had action, but I don't think we ever realized that until, you know, I was 35 years old when I learned that action, that acceptance is far from passive, conscious decision. And she's given us some actionable steps, which I think kind of segues then into present. Yeah, so present is also active, in case you're surprised. Um, <laughs> in the present, a lot of what we're doing, again, the past is accepting, integrating, letting things go. In the present, we're having to take all of that with us and do something with it. Um, because we live in this thing right now. We don't live in the past. I mean, maybe you do, but I don't. Not a fan. That was ugly. <laughs> We also don't live in the future. If you live in the future, you're missing everything that's happening now. Um, and unfortunately, even if we live 10 steps ahead, we're missing the 10 steps behind. It just doesn't work yeah. that way. Life moves too fast to actually be able to get ahead. <laughs> and so we yeah. live in this literal second that we're in right now. Um, nowhere to go but here, <laughs> to be quite honest. So things have been working on, the literal basics of breathing. Um staying centered lots of meditation that's my thing had some really insane meditation experiences recently just because there's a lot moving through the world <laughs> at the moment mm -hmm. and again practicing acceptance even in meditation because we tend to hold those things from the past again there's a huge brain and body component here that's psychophysiology of acceptance is we might let it go in our brain but sometimes it sticks around in our bodies meditation is a great way to kind of tap into those things and accept them continuously again and release them. And then through gratitude and you can be grateful for the past and the present and the future. I certainly am. And those are great ways to kind of integrate or let's say to cope with, because at the moment all of our, <laughs> we know the ANS, we know the nervous system. Here we go with the, here we go let's with the do stress. It. Let's do we know it. that everybody's sympathetic nervous system is really turned on right now. Right. We're all very activated. We're all stressed. We all have a lack of time, energy. A lot of us have a lack of money, um, maybe a lack of food, mm -hmm. a lack of human contact. And all of those things cause us anxiety, whether we like it or not. And it's fatiguing. And that means our um, sympathetic nervous system is turned on. For most of us who tend to mm -hmm. overfunction, whether we've noticed it or not, whether we like it or not, whether we've done something about it or not. A lot of us are training physically more. A lot of people, especially on Twitter, have been talking about, um, hey, has anybody else been just sleeping terribly, consuming more coffee, not being able to focus, et cetera? Um, acceptance transfers into the present moment in which we have to say, hey, we are living through an actual groundbreaking, history-making pandemic. We'll probably never live through something that's this um, serious maybe i'll say serious mm -hmm, and yeah. life-changing and like again history making again in our lives this is kind of a once in a generation type of thing and we have to accept that and be like hey body hey brain your job is to save my life you're doing a great job here's how i'm going to take care of you and purposefully again through meditation through gratefulness through acceptance through self-care, through sleeping, through resting, which are two different things, by the way, in case you haven't noticed. Oh, we should, you just did a post about that. We should talk about that. I'm writing it down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, is to say, hey, nervous system, brain, body, you're doing a great job taking care of me. Thank you. I'm taking care of you in these ways. I love that. I love that. So many things I'm writing down over here. Just, we live in this thing right now. There's nowhere to go but here. That's like... Sorry, guys, I just turned my head towards the mic. I realized it probably got a little bit louder in your ears. There's nowhere to go but here. That's like super profound. I, I want to take that a step further, what you were talking about, about integrating the physiology. Could you, uh, and I'm respecting your own boundaries, of course, uh, tell us 
what your meditation looks like and perhaps give some suggestions. I realize it's a personal thing, it's for everyone, but people like examples. Girl, I'll meditate anywhere. I'll meditate in my house, in my bed, <laughs> on the toilet, in the shower, in the bed, in the gym, in the church. It doesn't matter. I'll do it. Um, meditation for me is literally just the brain and body connection. It's a mind, body, spirit sort of situation. And it's so cool that you can make it whatever you want it to be. For me, it's just about breathing. I don't listen to anything. I don't do any kind of guided anything. I don't have a word that I use, a phrase that I use. I literally just sit there, breathe, turn on white noise if I can. I prefer for it to be really cold because the body temperature, my body temperature Mm -hmm. will rise when I meditate over a longer period of time, usually Mm -hmm. more than about eight minutes, my body temperature starts to rise. Loved it in the winter. Roommates absolutely detested my ass. I had all the windows open downstairs and would sit there naked in a blanket. And they were like, bitch, are you serious? (laughs) Are you serious? But that's the best way because you can feel your body. You can feel your breathing. You know, you can feel the cool in your nostrils. I can feel my chest rising. I can feel my ribs. Um, I can feel, I just pay attention. My thoughts will, thoughts will race. They always do. Um, I actually teach meditation to athletes and I teach meditation to people with neurological disorders or injuries such as concussions, things of that nature, where we can use it to Mm -hmm. get in touch with brain music or the things, you know, the thoughts that raise in your head all the time. Or if you have tinnitus, like I do, hearing issues, eye issues, certain kinds of pain or discomfort, literally to get in touch with that part of your body, that part of your brain connect the two again, say, thanks for taking care of me. Give it a chance to rest, reintegrate. Think about just like your engine is on all day. Literally just give it a chance to rest. A lot of times we don't even get restful sleep. We don't have restful times during the day where our nervous system is off. So it's just giving it a chance to, yeah, put it in neutral for a couple of minutes. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And I think it's, it's, needed more than ever and as you're saying it I, i'm kind of guys you know i'm like the like always championing social media because that's what's like people just love to like shit on it and i'm like it's great and we also shit on it though i feel <laughs> oh, exactly i'm like there's certain people i'm shitting about it, on it but you know for certain people will be like i'm taking a break from social media i'm not doing it anymore and i take a step back and i'm like but why are you doing it in the first place and i think it it's their attempt at like taking a step towards this meditative state if you will where they can just be in that moment like even though they are like they end up feeling bad about it afterwards but like while they're scrolling that's all they're doing they're there sitting with it so if people could take that a step further and understand like okay let's take a moment where we can actually now just think you know like julia said actually be like you know a bit more cognizant conscious of our body and then think about what that's doing in terms of giving ourselves like that actual moment because all the anxiety that's that let me take let me take it back a step all of the things that we see on social media from the movement space they are attempts at people trying to create this moment of being present all of these different techniques you know cold baths and like specific breathing techniques and like whatever you guys want to go and see on there, sound baths, but all this other stuff, like they all work and it's great. I'm not shitting on any of them, but I love what Julia said that she does this anywhere because that's what she's doing. She's being present in the moment and we have so much anxiety and so much frustration and so much anger and so much restlessness because we're living, like Julia said, somewhere else than right now, right here. So if we can create those moments as like an actionable step, for the present, that can, and I, I find myself having to do it more. It's been really great. And I have to bring him up at least once an episode now, uh, getting a cat. They're like just in the moment. Like that's all they do. This guy, I'm like, you sleep all day. You're not worried that like, you're not going to get, I don't know what the hell we'd have to get done, but like, he's not worried that like, oh, I can't like do this thing later. Cause I'm sleeping now. He's just like, <laughs> I'm sleeping now. Or like, I'm chasing this freaking crinkle ball right now. And it's like, just so nice to see and like now i find myself i'm like you know what we're not gonna do that thing i'm just gonna like be here right now with rupert and chill and it's so 
it does feel so good to the nervous system and I can see the difference. Like I have a whoop band. I have mixed feelings in the whoop band, mostly positive, but mixed feelings nonetheless. Um, you can see in terms of like, how is your rest and how is your sleep? You want to talk a bit more about that, my friend? Can I add something really quickly to the social media? Add everything. <laughs> add it all. Do all the things. I am overwhelmed at how much how active people are at social media i mean people were active before and then you take away their jobs their school and everything and it's like guys oh my god i don't need to this is literally back to 2009 where my grandparents used to be like i don't need to see what you ate for lunch on snapchat on facebook like Mm -hmm. it's exactly that now um and so what i've that started to bother me (laughs) and as the psychologist in me was like, okay, so what about that is triggering you? <laughs> you know, like I have my own couch. Um, and I realized that it's the concept of we use social media as a distraction all the time for the present moment totally. because we're so uncomfortable with sitting with our own feelings that we have to yep. post something. We have to like something. We have to comment. We have to focus on somebody else's reality because we can't live in our own. Yes. And so every yes. single time I catch myself scrolling, I absolutely refuse to scroll at this point in quarantine. I'm... I think 10 weeks in at this point, refuse to scroll. Literally, I'll swipe through maybe three stories. I think yours and a couple other people come up as my first five. I'll look at yours and that's it. I'm done. And because every time I would start to scroll, I would catch myself, you know, looking at other people's pictures. Don't even, of course, have the attention span to read more than two lines of the caption unless it's yours or a couple other people's. And thinking, what is it that makes me so uncomfortable right now that I cannot even sit here? That I literally cannot even mm-hmm. sit with my the own thought and feeling that's in my head. What is that? And one yes. thing that's so important about meditation is when those thoughts and feelings come, you name them. Like you put a name to that. Mm-hmm. So I, like that. I always say your emotions and your thoughts, feelings, whatever it may be while you're meditating, just pass you like clouds in the sky. What can you do to a cloud in the sky? Absolutely shit. Like nothing at all. You're not going to touch it. You can try and, I guess, launch a duke at it if you're an American. No shade, but shade. <laughs> That's right. And nothing's going to happen, you know? You can't stop it. So don't even try. Literally accept that it's there and it's going to pass because emotions, thoughts, feelings, whatever, they're not permanent. Let it go. But put a name to it because a lot of times, especially under times of stress, we feel something. A lot of times it's fear. Mm -hmm. A lot of times it's insecurity. But we don't even know what we're feeling. It's just uncomfortable. And so we try and move on. And we open social media, scroll through Facebook, look at what other people's lives look like, get jealous, get angry that they have more money, that they're doing better than we are, that they have people in their house and they're not alone like we are, that they have better food, that they have somebody who cooks for them. Mm -hmm. Um, Your kids are driving you fucking crazy and you're trying to smoke weed in the bathroom and you you got yourself hotboxed in there while they're knocking at your door and you're trying to take a dump, like whatever it may be. Sorry, that was really inappropriate, but... I've had a lot of parents on my Facebook feed. They're all in their yes, mid-20s losing because we their all minds. see it. <laughs> we all see it. And I feel, I'm so sorry to you guys. Um, I, may it be so. <laughs> That's all I could say. I wish you peace. <laughs> um, and we're so uncomfortable with those things that we have to distract ourselves. We cannot, again, under times of stress, especially in distress, um, before everything, we can't just sit there and name the emotions. So part of meditation for me is when I catch myself doing that, I immediately close my phone, like double tap for iPhone users, only the elites double tap, <laughs> swipe up, delete, um, or close the Instagram app, close my phone, sit there, three deep breaths. What am I feeling? Name the actual emotion or name the thought. What can I do about it? Can I do something about it? Yes or no. Um, and then if I can't, accept it if I can do that something because it action alleviates anxiety and that was it I'm on social media so very little at the moment that has really helped because again what's the benefit of sitting there doing that being angry at somebody else because you're Nothing. scared but you don't know that you're scared because you don't know how to think about your feelings because you're so terrified of them there you go there I feel go. like I'm just so dragging much. everybody at this point action. I'm so sorry no this is it's so so good and that this is like this is you've put to words what i've been thinking about for quite some time now and kind of circling back to like the thing that that when i hear people um say that they're getting off of social media or whatever i'm like oh that's fine great but one of my questions for everything is like but what are you replacing it with yeah man because there's like there's a reason like you were doing this thing and like 
I don't care if you're getting off. That's cool. I don't care if you like. They don't want to do it. Cool, but like, I always want to know like, okay, well, why? And like, have you thought about this thing? And then have you processed this thing? And that's exactly what you just said. Like, this just being able to sit there and put a name to things is so huge. And we're seeing that, right? That people are suffering because they can't be alone with themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, we're getting into the point where it's like, also, we are inherently a, a social. Uh, species yeah. so like that becomes problematic but like it was like day one and everyone was like ah, like it's been five seconds what's happening yeah. uh, so just these actionable steps that you continue to provide us with of like why am i feeling this way why do i why does that trigger me instead of just being like i think people i think we're like moving forward in general and people will be like i'm triggered but then <laughs> there's no like but why mm-hmm. <laughs> like you know, like we kind of get to this, this like, I will say how I'm feeling, which is a great step from, you know, step above, like just pushing it all down. But then it's like, but why are we, why are you like that? And then like, what can I do? Like, we, we, that's, you know, like, like this is like, what brought you on for now parts three and four of like, before it's like identify things. And then it's like, all right, now, like, why you feel like that? And what can you do from that? So perhaps that kind of segues us into the future. We got to talk about gratitude really quickly. Oh, t- go ahead. Come on. Let's go. First of all, we're in this present moment, again, that history making it. Please keep a journal of some kind. Keep a blog. Keep some kind of record of what's going on in your life. Not that it's going to be valuable one day, but I am every day shocked at the fact that we're going to tell our kids and grandkids about this and they're going to be like, what? You did what? In 2020, you did what? Oh my God, Grandma, you're so old. Like... <laughs> I ain't nobody's grandma, but like my sister's kid, you know. <laughs> um, and in that journal, yeah. every single day or as often as you can, just start listing things that you're grateful for. Like I can't tell you how much yeah. gratitude changes the brain because it shifts the focus off of us, my situation, my feelings. You know, us. God, we're already selfish people in the normal mm-hmm. world but when we're stressed when we're scared when times are tough and we're in that what's it called Shante? that um the mindset of losing things scarcity mindset scarcity yeah when we when we have scarcity brain and monkey brain on um which monkey brain is like our primitive brain of just trying to survive of course we're thinking about ourselves we're just trying to make it like again yeah. your brain and body yeah. are literally made for you to survive that's evolution baby things basics yeah. of science yeah. so playing into that if we're so focused on ourselves, now we have so many more resources than we used to. We're not running from cheetahs. We're running from a virus that's outside that as long as we stay in our houses with our nice TVs, with our bathrooms, with toilets that flush and running water, um, a lot of us have home gyms, we're safe. Like we're good. And so being grateful takes, and not just being grateful, not just saying thanks, but actually practicing purposeful gratitude regularly takes the focus off of me my feelings my thoughts what i need why i'm hurting why i'm suffering and puts it on other people and wow look how much i have look how much i have to be grateful for look um, at the great things i've experienced instead of look at the time i've lost look at the times i've had um, look at the times that are coming look at what i can make the most of with this time it just changes the perspective entirely so again at this point we're finding coping mechanisms coping mechanisms for our nervous systems because there, again there's no there's no option at the moment we are stressed we are fatigued that's just the way that it is how do we go on with that and still manage to be productive by taking the focus off of us accepting the way that things are and putting things into action obviously that's when we get into future we'll get there in a moment but if you can just write three things down that you're grateful for, big or small, the first things that pop into your head. If you have to think really hard, that's okay, but try and make them different every single day. And gradually you'll realize that things just pop into your mind like it's nobody's business once you've been practicing for a few weeks. At first it was like, I'm grateful for my room. I'm grateful for my business. I'm grateful for my mentor. <laughs> and now it's like, mm-hmm. I'm grateful that the post lady smiled at me the other day because I usually can't see everybody's face with masks. And she wasn't wearing a mask mm-hmm. because she was so far away and she's on her bike. So she smiled at me and that was the first time I've seen somebody smile in a while. Like those kinds of details. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful for the really pretty orange flower in the back 
corner of my garden that's I think it's a weed but it's really pretty so I'm leaving it now <laughs> like those kinds of things and we realize the tiny things that are like wow I would have never noticed that if I was still thinking about me does that make sense yeah 100% I 100% I think anyone who if you listen to this and you're kind of like yeah right that means you haven't done this yet this drill or anything like it which is okay uh, and Julia, because she's a phenomenal coach, just gave you such an easy starting point. But it doesn't end there. Three so it's three things. And you do that until you get used to it. And then you take it one step further. And this is actually what changed my life entirely. And I have a video coming about this, uh, coming out about this next week. Shantae, you're in it. So I'll leave that as a, a secret. But thank oh. the people that you're grateful for. Like, don't just write it in your journal. Don't just think it to yourself. Like, that's great for you. Once you're grateful for, you know, once you've come up with like this list, your mentors, your people who have influenced your life, that post lady who smiled at you, that person who was extra nice, that event that you went to that really meant something to you, literally reach out and talk to those people. I cannot tell you how powerful it is to hear somebody say, thank you for that. Or like, you did a great job or thanks for your service or, uh, hey, I noticed that you did that and that really meant something to me. So thank you. Like, we... Again, when, when you are tuned into gratitude and we take our eyes off of me, me, me into it's us and you can notice those little things that move and change um, and grow and notice growth and we take those in and reflect them back to other people and say, hey, this meant something to me because again, that's about me. Thank you. And that's, that makes a huge difference because again, from a science perspective, then you get a dopamine hit, a reward of they feel good, now mm-hmm. I feel good. So again, it is ultimately about us and them, but they still get a reward from it as well. I mean, that's just, in the science of connection, it is about us and them, and that's important. And we're totally missing connection right now. So if, again, we can take it off of us, I'm grateful for this, I'm grateful for you, thank you, we both benefit from that. Um, and it draws us closer in a time when we're all forced to be apart. But I cannot tell you looking back literally having time to reflect on my life and all of the time in the past, the time in the present, the time in the future, the things that I am so grateful for where I've gotten to reconnect with people um, over tiny things. Like something one of my mentors said to me my freshman year of college. I just wrote her an email and was like, hey, I was thinking about you, wanted to say that I remember you saying this and I'm really grateful for that and got to be back in contact with her. Like how awesome is that? I think that's how we change the world is (laughs) those kinds of things. It's it's not big gestures. It's tiny memories, gratefulness, small actions. And they start with thank you. So, so good. So, so good. So carry us into the future then. Yeah, so the future for me is, I mean, we just build off of what we have. We have acceptance. We have all of those things that we're carrying with us. Again, we've integrated them into ourselves at best, our personalities. We're taking responsibility for what we can do um, and taking actions on the thing that we have control over. So the goal is to take action and action alleviates anxiety. We know that what a lot of us are feeling are fear and anxiety, uh, maybe mixed with dread, maybe mixed with other kinds of concerns, who knows? This is super individual for people, but uh, as a whole, as a world, fear, maybe sadness, grief, whatever. Take action on the things that you can control. One step, one step, one step. There's no there's no better time for the uh, quote, one foot in front of the other. Even if it's, you know, one inch, one centimeter, one millimeter, just put your foot in front of the other because taking action alleviates that fear. And if we, again, live in that grief, if we live in fear, we're gonna stay in one place. <laughs> and I'll never forget the, the saying of eat the frog because there's so <laughs> often things that I'll leave to the very last of my list that like four months later I do it and it takes me 18 seconds. I'm like, God, that was so mm-hmm. painless. So <laughs> like, so why true. have I dreaded that On for same four way. months and never did it? On and the same way. <laughs> now I feel great and I'm also embarrassed that it was so easy. <laughs> um, same way. Like, oh. So make a list. Oh. You know, the productivity things that you posted last Monday, I think it was in your... Um, what's it called? The mini-sode? Shorty style. Sorry. Oh, the, uh, yeah, Thursday, Thursday shorty, last Thursday. Yeah, yes. exactly. Use those productivity yeah. tips. I mean, they really work. Literally, 
checking those huge things, get out of bed, take a shower, feed the cat, checking those things off the list actually matter. I always set my timer and I know you work shorter than I do. I do 50, 20, 50, um, 50 minute work, Mm. 20 minute break, 50 minute work blocks. And I do that just three times. So I have three 50 minute blocks of really deep work and then I'm done. And that's usually it for the day. I love it. Um, I love it. And literally figuring out what works for you. But something I've realized is a lot, especially with my athletes and even with some of my people that are in business, this is such a great time to figure out what productivity, quote unquote, hacks. I don't believe in hacks, but I do believe Mm -hmm. in rituals and routines (laughs) and tools. Figuring out what productivity tools actually do work for you. Because what do you have right now? Time. You have time to add skills to the toolbox, figure out what works for you. Um, what environment you need to work. Cause a lot of us are going to be doing home office for a long ass time, how to uh, work in blocks, how you need to decorate your office, how to, um, how you need your desktop styled, what productivity apps work for you. You know, if you need to upgrade your Android to an iPhone, you do, um, you know, and a variety of other things. <laughs> no shade to Android users, but your camera sucks. Um, I'm tired of those photos. I just refuse to look at them at this point. <laughs> and if you email me or um, DM me Android photos, I'm blocking you immediately. <laughs> Call the police. Call the police. Yeah, then exactly. <laughs> it's just an FBI situation. Sorry, but not. Yeah, figuring out what works for you. All jokes aside, like we have time right now. Even me, I've been more busy than ever uh-huh. in the last couple of months, just because of having to get everybody onto online workouts and still balancing other things, but I still have time to trial and error things and it's not going to cause me a ton of damage. So figure out what works and that's what we're going to take into the future of, hey, I learned a lot during quarantine, a lot about myself, a lot of reflection, a lot of self-awareness, built a lot of those things. And now I know how to work going forward because we're going to be like this for a while. I think um, when we talk about going forward, we talk about, like you and I said, you know, going back to the, to the normal, the way things were before. And I think that if we go back to that normal, we fucked things up dramatically. Yep. I don't want to go back to that. I want to go back. I want to create a new world that values the environment, that values health, that values people who aren't stressed and sick and dying, that values, um, yeah, health, fitness, productivity in a positive way the values leadership over dollar signs, euro signs, whatever it is. Um, That doesn't seem super promising at the moment, but I think that's only from the leadership perspective because our leaders are very focused on those numbers, depending on where you're from. I think if we as a collective people can band together and say, hey, my health is super important to me. I'm committed to sleeping. I'm committed to resting. Again, two different things. I'm committed to living a healthy life. I'm committed to serving other people for the service of other people and not just, you know, being in a slave trade for lack of a better words. Mm -hmm. Um, It's true though. You know, capitalism is a disease (laughs) and it's, uh, yeah, it's the worst kind of slave driver. So I think if we can refuse to go back into that system, I think we could build a different world. I think it's going to take a lot of time. We have to be seriously realistic about this because again, I think we're up against a lot of, barriers but mm-hmm. it frustrates me to see people being like i want our normal life back like i don't i don't want that i'd mm-hmm. almost rather you know i'm an introvert i can live in this for a long time that was hilarious the yeah, first three yeah. weeks of quarantine everybody was going crazy Just watch people go <laughs> right crazy. and i'm on I'm whatsapp like, with all my guys? friends like guys this is hilarious watch these introverts yeah, spinning out like, of control <laughs> like wow guys you guys are gonna be okay. extroverts are losing what it. do you think what do you think people mean like well, okay let me back it up. What do you think and why are they saying it when people say, I want to go back? I want to go back. Can you can you psychophysiology that a little <laughs> what bit? What do you think they mean? I think they just want some sort of uh, safety because what's behind us, we know it. So it's like, yeah, I want to go back to things that I know because it's less scary than what's ahead. I don't know what's ahead. So I just want to go back to that, even though they don't realize that when they were, when the past was the present, they were bitching every single freaking minute about that as well. Yeah. I think that people want to go back to a time when they had pseudo control and don't realize that they never had control yeah. in the first place. Yeah. Um, 
it's again we like you said it perfectly we know the past kind of we have a perception of things the way that things were like and we perceived oh, we perceived that we had control over things we absolutely didn't um we had the perception that we had rights but we didn't we had the perception that we um were our own boss but we weren't there's always things that make the rules <sighs> and again through self-awareness through having our eyes open you know i'm not a part of that ultra woke conspiracy theory clan no shade if you are but also yeah. kind of um <laughs> but again if we can open our eyes enough to like think for ourselves <laughs> And yes. as we create this new world, like not be swayed by, hey, this was how it was before. And I liked that because I had this, again, perception of a safety blanket around me and be brave enough, courageous enough to be like, hey, I have hope for something better than that was before. And I believe in us as yeah. like human beings who I personally believe that everybody's doing the best they can with what they have. And I have hope that again, working together as a collective society who has braved the coronavirus pandemic, has made it through a lot of war, has made it, made it through a lot of poverty, has made it through a lot of change, upheaval, all of those things. You know, this thing has been super international. We've all been touched by it and we're all in touch with yeah. each other. And I think we, again, as a collective can make a difference, but we cannot do that with I. I know Kobe said that, yes, in team, there's an Emmy in that motherfucker. But that's only for Kobe, not for the rest of us. <laughs> team is Kobe in a zero sum game. Exactly. Like basketball. Team is all of us together. That's the only way we make a difference. When people you're saying so many good things and I'm like, I have another question. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I'm keeping my eye on the time, but also we're gonna just keep talking. This is really good. Um, when people say better I want things to be better than they were before, what are they doing? And maybe the answer is ignoring right now. Like, how come people don't say, I want things to be better than they are right now? Or is that a better thing? Should we, should we try to change our verbiage and be like, my goal is just to make tomorrow better than today? Or should it be actually, I just want to make the best out of today? Try and rephrase that. Think about another way you might so, say that. Another way I might ask the question? Yeah. So... I feel like we have like these different camps of like, and, and I'm guilty of saying it, like, I want things to be better than they were before. And I'm wondering, what's a better thing to focus on? Instead of focusing on making them better than they were before, I feel like that totally negates right I feel like that just skirts over right now. It's like I'm focused on how they were and I'm focused on how they want I want them to be, but I ain't saying shit about right now. Yeah. That's what I was hoping you would say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, when we're living 10 10 steps in the present, we've missed 10 steps. Yeah. I mean, we have to yes, we have to plan for the future. Of course we do. We have to plan for our kids, we have to plan for next month. You know, we have to have, and what, but we have two eyes for a reason. We have to have one eye in the future and one eye in the present and our brains and bodies live in the present as well. Um, and so if we maximize every single second, second, if we have the strongest step, if we are stable along the way, that's building the way to a better future. Um, and that's a lot of good moments along the way. So I believe in one foot in front of the other, <laughs> moving into the future slowly, not sprinting. Yeah. You know, all the cliches. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And I'm a sprinter, so that makes me mad. But <laughs> Sorry, I'm a marathon. I'm it's good. It's good. It's good. It's health. Good luck, health like long fucking legs over here. <laughs> all right. Spider. <laughs> <I'm good. Bye. laughs> exactly. That's all I'm good for. Now, that makes so much sense. I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about uh, like football and basketball mm -hmm. specifically. When people are so focused on what they're going to do when they catch once they catch the ball that they don't catch the ball especially football yeah, man. and then the play ends and it's like they've taken that first step but they don't have the ball yet and then it's like oh actually nothing happened because you didn't catch the ball because you were so focused yeah on that next step um, i love having you on i just learned so much stuff. it's amazing because i think about so... it like penalty kicks as well it's the same thing looking at where you're going to mm. place the ball <laughs> Upper right mm -hmm. corner, lower right corner. 
uh, upper right 90. Okay, cool. How are you going to strike the ball? If you miss that motherfucker, you ain't placing it anywhere, but the penalty (laughs) sucks. So (laughs) I think you better line yourself up. If you're just looking at the back of the goal, you're not even paying attention to, you're not even going to take the action to get it there. The action happens right now. It doesn't happen 10 steps ahead. It happens literally right now. And that's what in 0.10 seconds or milliseconds, whatever, I didn't pass math in in college. So (laughs) don't DM me about that. Um, (laughs) Statistics only. Thank you. (laughs) Then it doesn't matter if you can't strike the ball because you're definitely not putting it in the back of the net. God, I just got such anxiety. I fucking hated penalty kicks. Oh my god! For that I reason, know. I fucking hate them. It's such anxiety. I fucking hate Georgetown like, too. <laughs> <Just wow. kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I couldn't just skip like, an episode without a, dragging uh, your shit, man. <laughs> like that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. It's, it's just like I think now. The, the, I love they brought up the analogy, and then part of me remember for like a hot second they tried penalty kicks with like you had to dribble. Oh, Do girl, you remember that? please. Like, disaster like for, for, I was much more okay I'm from I'm a field player and I was like that's much better <laughs> to me but I like the, you know hearing what you're saying in this and it's like you just focus on what you're doing then like what how'd the ball roll okay I'm taking this next step and you maybe have a plan overall but like you're still watching to that you know how the goalie is reacting how things are moving when you have that one touch for penalty kick then you're like and then you're thinking like, oh, it's side netting. I have to fucking bend this thing. And then like, if we, if I miss this, then fucking my life is over. Like, I, I did like the dribbling thing. It was a disaster. But in theory, it felt less stressful to me. Okay, I feel like you're embracing yeah. chaos and that's stressing me out. So we're going to move on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, throwing a little bit of... So I feel like you there. love a buildup yeah. to drama and I just like to slap, <laughs> slap the drama right into the goalie's hands. So um, now that we've relived our embarrassing college days, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> but seriously, it's like people who cannot post on Instagram because it has to be absolutely perfect and beautiful and whatever. And they take 18 centuries to create this beautiful post and then it gets two likes. And it's like, dude, just execute and post something every single day. Take the action, and eventually it will get into the upper 90 after a 1,000 reps. But if you do not ever make contact with the ball, it will never get into the net, ever. And the net's in the future, so focus on using your fucking laces. Yeah, that's it. It's so, so good. It's so good. I'm going to start the wrap-up now, but do you want to – I don't even know if you remember verbatim – what you said, because it's, it's in the past, but I don't want to dwell on it. But what you <laughs> said before the episode started, uh, kind of like your four steps of when you were thinking about this episode and what you wanted to, to deliver and kind of your game plan. So I know I said grief and gratitude. And we talked about those mm-hmm. things. What were the other two that I said? I'm sure that I was. Smart. I'm trying to remember. So I'm like, I'm like legitimately. We talked about like, fatigue. Is, uh, like fatigue like... is also a big thing as far as like decision fatigue. Again, when we're thinking too far in the future, I should have made this point as well. When we're thinking too far in the future and you're just overanalyzing things, essentially you and I, Shantae, we overfunction so badly um, in times of anxiety that it's really important to just make the fucking decision. <laughs> like, yeah. like we just said, yeah, just because the more decisions you force yourself to make, the more fatiguing it's going to be mentally, emotionally, socially, et cetera. You're just going to wear yourself out. And it's really no wonder that you're tired all the time because you're forcing yourself um, to run an algorithm constantly. So the more decisions when you're under severe stress, and we do this all the time in sports psych, is to have routines, like rituals that you can use. Yo, dog, I'm super stressed right now. So I'm going to go, I don't know, to the bathroom or to my room, take three deep breaths, do this, that, and the other thing. And that limits, you know, how I have to cope with my anxiety because I know what I do every single time. I don't know what I'm going to eat in the morning. I don't know what I'm going to go shop shopping mm-hmm. for. And I don't want to be in the store for too long. So blah, blah, blah. We'll just get the same thing and make something different with it. Like um, always have a routine or pick what you're going to wear in the morning and wear the same thing you know, every single day for the week or whatever it's going to be, you know, do your laundry, don't be nasty, but you know, 
minimize the amount of decisions you have to make because Mm, when you're under stress it's already hard to make decisions it's already tiring and the more that you add the more you're just going to become angry about it um and so decision fatigue is real emotional fatigue is real and to quickly tap on sleep and rest aren't the same things so sleep uh everybody's sleep is suffering right now some people i've heard are sleeping amazing can't relate Um, (laughs) it's just, again, it's hard to sleep when your nervous system is super activated. So have a routine before you go to sleep, um, and try and keep the same sleep and wake times. I know that's hard in quarantine if you've got nothing going on, but try to keep it. And if you can, um, do it according to the sun rhythms, that certainly helps. Um, so that Mm -hmm. we're again in, in tune with the light and dark cycle and don't podcast at 10 o'clock at night, like I do, but like, (laughs) um, you know, there's a lot to sleep science, but those are some very basic things. The routines of the sleep wake times and the light really, really, really help. But also notice that sleep is a form of rest, but rest is not a form of sleep. So rest is different in the sense of sometimes, you know, as an introvert, Shante, you and I are probably the people at parties who want to go find the furthest corner yes. and like look at their bookshelf or play with their dog or go have a drink. A dog, I'm saying the dog. Yeah, Totally. I'm the person who's like there for two hours, does the rounds, and then pieces out. <laughs> it's like, where's Julia go? Oh, I don't That's know. It. She doesn't say goodbye. That's it. <laughs> like, everybody just knows because social fatigue, and I need to rest and regenerate. Um, again, fatigue from decisions, mental fatigue, emotional fatigue. If you're a super emotional person, I mean, we all have emotions, but some people are just more expressive of it than others and feel a different way than other people hey, maybe you need to do some actual self-care. And I mean that in an actual real way and not in a, you know, I'm going to have a double chocolate mocha latte because I'm trying to eat my feelings and this is self-care, hashtag, hashtag, whatever. Like actually something that's going to help you and relieve you and help you rest so that you can perform again with the goal being health, performance, life, and sport if you're an athlete as well. We rest with that in mind, just like rest times during a workout. You don't sleep during a workout. Sleep is part of your recovery to heal your body. Same thing in rest life or in um, work life and fitness and health. But we also rest between sprints, rest between sets, because we need that rest in order to do 100% capacity work in the gym in the next sets. That's the point of rest is to bring maximum capacity and maximum intensity into the next set of work. So that's what we need to focus on. And yes, sleep, keep those routines, times, whatever. Yes, rest as necessary at full capacity so that you can work at full capacity. That's really important. Um, and it's okay if you need a little bit more than usual right now. I think that's what I said beforehand. Um, Is that right? Do you remember something I did? Yeah. I'm going to summarize that. So yes, <laughs> because it all ties together in terms of optimizing right now focusing on right and now the very last thing what i would say do? is people are oh. super hard to hate up close so if you are oh, yes. if you are just taking a page out of Brene brown's book if you're having trouble mm-hmm. and wanting to fight people every day like i am sometimes when i get on social media because why can't you just wear a mask it's not that hard i'm almost deaf <laughs> and i still wear a mask i can't hear mm-hmm. anything but i still wear a mask because it's we not me. Um, If you're having trouble with those things, please just remember that one, people are hard to hate up close, move closer. Two, everybody, I promise, is doing the best that they can with what they have. And a lot of people live in fear. A lot of people live with anxiety. A lot of people don't have the coping mechanisms that we just talked about. And that is the best that they can do. They are trying to return to that normal where they felt like they had that sense of control, even if they didn't. Um, but that's the best that they can, can do. And that's how they're coping in this really stressful time. So for people who are just being monstrous assholes, please know that that's the best they can do right now and have a little bit of extra grace. I think the world could use a lot of extra grace and patience right now. Yeah. Love it. Dude, if they want to find more, learn more from you, work with you, any of those things, (laughs) how can they do that? You know where I'm at, at Instagram, um, at Wideline Performance. Uh, Twitter at the Julia Lion. I know you post all the links below. My website is whitelineperformance.com. You can find me anywhere. I'm loud. I'm proud. There she is. Just bringing all the science. 
Do you have anything else that you want to share with us? I'm going to bring you on again when the time is right, of course. Very strategic. Uh, but you anything else you want to share with us? Please be kind to each other. <laughs> Please be kind to each other. And if you really, really hate somebody, think about them playing with their kids on the floor at night or hugging their best friend. It's really hard to hate people when you realize that everybody struggles, everybody suffers, and everybody's doing the best they can. So we all need a little extra kindness. Please be kind. I know it's really easy to hate and be petty, and I'm the pettiest bitch of all. Um, but please be kind. Please be grateful. Please use your words. Please ask for help. I know it's hard out there. Um, yeah. Ask for help if you need it. And um, we can do this together. But the only way we can move forward into a better normal where we actually have control, where we actually have health, um, and where we are actually, our greater good as a priority is together as a we. So let's do it. That's it. That's it, my friends. Homie, thank you. This everything, this everything, this episode was everything and, and then some. I, I didn't get to say as many times as I wanted to. This is why I brought her on. So if you guys are still <laughs> playing the drinking game, Drink again. Already in the hospital, like, so. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I started I the drinking game before so we started the recording. Okay, so. <laughs> it's like oh wait, wait, it'll be a pregame, and then uh, there's just so so many good things. Like I know, and it's late there, and just so much value. And I love bringing you on also because I get to be interviewed and like think and you know you always you always have a way of uh, turning the mic and, and and making me think and asking the questions and so. Just thank you for being you. Thank you for sharing your brain. Thank you for your time. And thank you for all that you're doing. Everybody needs just, to be I friends truly, with a psychologist. Eventually, I'm going to get you on my podcast uh, so that I can actually <laughs> do the do the couchy thing with you. I think do we have the a good thing. time. Um, but thank you for oh, what you God. do. We were supposed to do that before. Yes. So we'll, you're welcome. And I think that will happen. I I, I tend to try. I don't want to say I'm trying super strategic with the episodes, but you know, I'm like you said, I'm control freak, and I'm like this will fit better now. But I'll give you control, and you can do what you want, and you're in charge. But thank you again, man. This was this was absolutely. Thank you for always giving your mic to um, people who have a message, and giving the speakers to people who want to listen. I think that those are two different things and they're super important and you give mics to people who have messages who might not often get them and you hand the speakers to people who are hungry, want to hear you and want to hear other voices and are open. And I think you've created something amazing, especially with all the Instagram stuff and the mafia. And I have been so pumped to see how you've been for the last year, just growing and thriving. We love a strong queen. Um, and I'm so sad that we're not going to have, pride shirts this year but we stand the prideful maestro anyway and thank you so much for who you are and please continue you're a really important you part of our tomorrow welcome. thank you i appreciate you dude i really happy pride games i am i'm working on i'm not gonna lie i'm working on the pride shirts but this is some shit <laughs> i got lex working on it right now and it's like uh, international shipping and then people are closed because of rona so like I'm trying, but no promises. <laughs> I know, right? I'm like, can I just get a fucking shirt out to people? It's just a logo. Yeah. Oh my right. god! <laughs> <laughs> like I just want to send it out. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna officially gonna wrap this up. So you guys that are still listening, thank you. I know you could have been doing anything, and you chose to listen to, to our listen messy to asses. And, right? <laughs> for over an hour, dude. And I, I'm super, super, super. We're both super, super appreciative. Always. I'm not gonna ask for any likes or subscriptions or anything like that. If you liked this episode, do me a solid and listen to it again, because there's just so much in it that Julia said. I know that you're not going to get it on the first time. And I, I know you guys don't actually listen to this on like 1.5 or 2 because I speak too fast. So I know I'm asking you for another hour of your life. I know. You've, they've told me. People have told me. They're like, I can't listen to it. That's, then it's too fast. And I'm like, all right. So I'm asking for another hour of your life. I get it. But if you liked it, listen to it again. And really double down on the messages that, that she's that she's delivering. And share you with your really it, stressed out auntie. That's what I'm gonna say. If you loved it, you share this with someone who you think it could benefit. All right, help someone out, spread spread the word there. Because Julia just, just brought the fire with this. And one. check on your peeps. All right. Officially gonna wrap it up. Until next time, friends, Julia and Maestro. 